love watching the guys play this past weekend. I'm looking forward to getting out, playing in front of the fans again. Put on a coach and general manager in the league, first with Calgary, and then, of course, the number of years with the Lions. Winning is not always easy. Well, I know how much work that these guys put in through training camp. It isn't easy. I don't, everybody works extremely hard to get to this point, and we're going to smile and have fun with it. I think I'm the most interesting player in, in the CFL, and, and that's what gets people talking about me. In fact, he could be probably one of the top five DBs in the league if he played there full-time. Well, he's not Superman. I am only human, but, you know, a lot of people have confused me with Superman before. I'm not here to be pushed over. You can come at me. My name's in the papers because my name's on TV. I'm not backing down. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to play ball. Just know I'm not backing down from anybody. When you meet them in person, talk to them, they're just normal guys. They're really nice. They understand kind of what you're going through. They know what a team is like. They know the bond. So it was really nice to meet them. In some ways, you know, the league is in a amazing shape and from there is that I don't want us to think that it's good enough and you know if we're going to get this league to where I think it deserves to be that position of fundamental strength across the entire country we have to work at things we have to look at new ways of doing things we have to be the most fan engaged league in the in the world today lots of things to be happy about and excited about but let's not be complacent and let's drive this league to a much bigger stronger place it's time this is CFL talk let's go Well, here it is, uh, another Thursday night, and uh, we'll wait on Mike, see if Mike makes it into the show. Um, well, I, I think the first thing that one has to talk about is the fact that the commissioner has been around all the teams. Uh, his final uh, appearance will be here in Toronto, uh, and it will be uh, tomorrow, Friday, the 8th, and uh, he'll be here to discuss Randy 2.0 which basically is all about making our game international in scope. And the intention always is to, to have participants. It has always been said uh, when it comes to the Canadian Football League, the majority of people who enjoy uh, football have been brought up either playing football or supporting football directly, and therefore they end up being fans as well. Now, here in Toronto, we have, of course, there's always the challenge of how many people get to show up at the game. We, we worry about it. We concern ourselves all the time. Will that be one of the questions and or one of the concerns voiced tomorrow at the town hall? Um, I know that I'm looking forward to going, uh, mostly to get to meet maybe a couple of new players. We, you know, we've got you know, Lemon coming back. I don't know that he counts as new, but we have Darrell Walker. He probably will be there. I can't tell you for sure who's going to be there. I should have. I spoke to the Argos just a little bit earlier. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, a little. One of the things that's going to be a little different is you're not going to get to stand up and ask your question this time. This time, the questions have been forwarded uh, on the Internet uh, through uh, the email that was sent. A request form was placed uh, here put your question in here that you would like to have asked and we will ask it for you. And the reason for that is that, uh, you know, being uh, not professionals and not having had a lot of opportunity to be in front of a microphone, a lot of the Argo fans maybe took a little bit too long to ask their question. And that means of course that, you know, it just, it was felt, uh, you know, in deference to the fans, no insult to the fans, just to get things moving along. Uh, this time, uh, the questions will be asked on your behalf. If you sent in, you know, 
if you filled in the form and made the request to ask a question. Well, the number one question, I suppose, with the Toronto Argonauts this year will be, uh, will they be a better team at home? Last year, they were not a very good team at home. In fact, I think lousy is a fair statement. Uh, This was a team that did not seem interested in playing at home. The bar is really low as far as improvement over last year is concerned. That will not be difficult at all. It will be easy, in fact. And and hopefully with Corey Chamberlain and company, uh, there's an experienced coaching staff here in the first year where, you know, what you signed last year in as far as coaching staff is concerned can impact on who you sign this year. I think the Argos were very fortunate that they got Chamberlain back uh, since Chamberlain basically hired all the defensive guys. And if you forget, uh, a lot of the offensive coordinators and and coaches um, were dispensed with. So he had a complete clean slate on the offensive side of the ball. And the defensive side were guys that he pretty much put in. And we know that in as far as Chamberlain's work with defense, the play the players just love playing for him, the defenders. Uh, will that be true for the offensive players? I think so too as well. Uh, Chamberlain is a player's coach. He is a guy that really does you know, support his players, and uh, he's not one of those guys who rakes people over the coals in public. Now, I'm not in the dressing room uh, when uh, the game is over or prior to the game or when things don't go well, so I can't really speak to his demeanor when things aren't going well, but I can assure you of one thing, and that is that the players will go through a wall for him. So at the very least, uh, the defense this year should be much better than the one that uh, showed up last year, and the one that showed up last year barely showed up. I My recollection of the season last year was first possession by the opposition pretty much was a guarantee that points would be on the board for the opposition. That, hopefully, this year, if you're an Argo fan, will not happen. So the Toronto Argonauts have their town hall tomorrow. The final town hall, as I said, the commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, will be there. He'll be ready to answer some questions prior to the event because uh, he has to hop on a plane and head to wherever it is that he's got where commissioners go at the end of a week-long, um, weeks-long visit of all nine cities. I wonder if he did. He you think he went to the East Coast too? I bet you did. I bet you. That's something that's going to be interesting this year is uh, find out where we're at with expansion and uh, where that expansion will land and specifically where. What will the stadium look like? Where will will it be placed? How many seats will be in that stadium? When will it be erected? And all those questions once answered will ignite and trigger the ability to award a franchise because until such time that there is not changes to there is a distinct stadium in the works there will not be a franchise in the east coast there will not be a 10th franchise and it is my hope that 10th franchise does happen if it doesn't happen it will be because quite frankly they couldn't get the money together to build a stadium that is basically the straw that stirs the drink you need a stadium 
And uh, the temptation for a stadium is always, always, always about being central today to an economic boom area, an area where, you know, it can be a, uh, a place where all the people of that vicinity can go visit, eat, enjoy a sporting event, get together, an opportunity for people to enjoy the sporting experience which goes beyond the game itself nowadays. Nowadays, also, as you probably know, in every other sporting city there is in Canada, the United States, and the world, in fact, around the stadium, there is a flirtation with the opportunity to make money. And uh, that is usually what is the motivator in as far as what you build, where you build it, and what it looks like. So that's what we've got to look forward to. We've got to look forward to uh, maybe expansion uh, in the East Coast. And the other thing we've got to look forward to is all the changes that have taken place on all the teams. We have seen a real, real change in the, the, the teams and where these players are. The question, I guess, as always, is why is that case? Why have players changed locations this year, it seems, And it seems every year, it seems more and more, the locations are changing for where the teams uh, get their players and and how it doesn't seem, um, you know, it doesn't seem surprising to me that we have players moving everywhere. And and big name players, you know, more and more. And it's not, you know, we, we would like to, you know, we would like to say, well, you know, there's a lack of loyalty. You know, teams should be a little more loyal to their players well uh, they may be they may be um and maybe they might not be but the fact is you always have the opportunity to bring players in that the fans will get excited about and every team has brought in new players from somewhere else that give the impression that the team is going to be better now obviously we we don't really advertise the players you know, we lost. But essentially, that's basically what happens. Uh, as, uh, as has been said before, uh, <laughs> the cruise ship, the ship deck chairs get moved around. There's the same deck chairs, they just get moved around. And if players are deck chairs, that's what gets moved around. So we don't really have um, a major change in the quality of the players. Really, the biggest difference... Uh, now and this year more than any other year is the chemistry that those changes create you know uh, different kinds of players in different places and how do they impact the rest of the team we have a few really good examples and the biggest and best example will be mike riley in british columbia in bc he is the guy that was considered the number one free agent that moved the number one free agent was bo levi mitchell but he didn't move And the second one was Trevor Harris, who we had on the program last week. And Trevor made it clear, you know, it's about your family and and setting your family up financially is a concern. Uh, Riley financially was, is set pretty well. You know, his contract, the guy's, you know, he's going to make a lot of money and he's going to be making it near home. And, and really, in his case, I think even more than the money he was making, because I guarantee you, Edmonton 
plus or minus a couple of bucks were in there with Riley. I think the selling feature was that it was close to his home. It was a move made for the family, and he got the best of both worlds. He, he got the financial incentive, and he also got the emotional incentive of being close to home. Trevor Harris, an opportunity to move to a team that wanted him, uh, a team that, that he felt he was going to enjoy playing with. And as we see in sports today, we see a lot of players who are unify and they go together. They, they discuss things. It's not, you know, players can talk to each other. That, that's, not, you know, that's not verboten. That's not a bad thing. Players can talk to each other and decide where they're going to go based on, what, on their conversations. It, it is not, you know, flirting with disaster if that happens. So there you go. Those quarterbacks have changed. And, of course, I think the best the best move, I always refer to the my favorite saying when it comes to trades and improvement on teams is addition by subtraction. The absence of Johnny Manziel in Montreal will be the best thing that's happened to Montreal in quite a few years. Uh, am I a fan of Johnny Manziel? Well, I, I'm a fan of a reclamation project, uh, a, a fellow that, you know, fell on hard times, whether they're, you know, it was his fault or not. Is he relevant to me? Whether he was interested in playing in the Canadian Football League, of little interest to me. What is of interest to me is now that he's gone, the Johnny Manziel Circus leaves with him. And then what you're left with is a pretty good quarterback in Pitkin in Montreal. And I think he will be uh, the rookie of the year this year if he qualifies. I don't know. Does he qualify? He played a couple of games last year. Uh, how many games do you have to play to, to lose your qualification as a rookie? Regardless, he will be uh, the sensation this year. Uh, the hope is, of course, here in Toronto that you know Franklin and Bridge between them maybe make a little noise in that regard as well. We've talked uh, repeatedly about the fact that the quarterback position is key in the Canadian Football League. But we also, and I've mentioned this before, no guarantee, best quarterback in the league didn't make the playoffs last year. If you think Mike Riley is the best quarterback in the Canadian Football League, Edmonton did not even make the playoffs, and they were the host of the Great Cup, and I don't have to tell you how much that hurts. So we've got a lot of different players moving around, and they're having a lot of fun. And uh, just to start off this program, I I think, you know, tongue-in-cheek folks, Hope Calgary fans can take it. Maddie, Calgary Stampeders, seven and zero, red hot again. When does this team finally lose? Well, it's easy, Rod. That's uh, the Great Cup. Why you cry? The Great Cup. 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 Well, it's easy, Rod. That's the Great Cup. The Grey Cup. The Grey Cup. The Grey Cup. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's just too much. Let's see here. Digit one, digit two, digit three. Oops. 
and there we go. And we'll see if he answers his phone. Now, with the Great Cup coming, the, the we didn't get a chance to talk about that, the announcement of the Great Cup. And, it, and there was a lot of reason why the Great Cup was awarded to two cities. I really believe this is the case. Saskatchewan, great place to have the Great Cup. A great opportunity for the fans to be excited, engaged, which they do each and every time something's going on. They have the support for the game. Awesome. And then on the other hand, Hamilton, that's been waiting patiently to host a Great Cup, and they haven't done it for, seems, decades. And they've had some problems. They have some issues to take care of. The additional seats required so that they can, you know, goose up how many seats are so they can get beyond the, the 35, start approaching the 40,000, and, and see if that works out for them. They needed to get the Grey Cup. So they announced both. The delay in, in Hamilton a year doesn't hurt so bad now that they know for sure they're going to get it in two years. So this is the first time in a very long time that they've announced two Grey Cups at, at once, and usually only one, you know, one Grey Cup ahead there were never two. Now we know in two years who has the Grey Cup. That's uh, that's a first. 